TSCRA Talk, a podcast by Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association. I'm your host, Kristen Brown. Joining me today is Dan Childs, Senior Agricultural Economics Consultant at the Noble Research Institute. Today, we have a great conversation about things to consider when marketing your calves. Dan, welcome to TSCRA Talk. We're so glad to have you with us today. It's good to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at the Noble Research Institute. Well, I was raised in South Central Oklahoma, attended a small junior college, and then on to Oklahoma State University, received a master's degree in agricultural economics, had opportunity to serve our nation in the U.S. Army for a couple of years working in the Pentagon, and then uh, worked a short period of time with USDA and Oklahoma State University Extension. And then uh, a little over 42 years ago, I come to the Noble Research Institute and have been there since, serving as a agricultural economist on one of the consultation teams. And also, Noble has several demonstration and research farms that obviously have a lot of cattle on them. And it's my responsibility with those ranches to purchase and market both home-raised and purchase cattle as well as cows and and uh, I don't do get involved much on buying replacement females but uh, mostly on the mar- marketing side we run about 500 mother cows and somewhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred stalkers each each year with all the demonstration and research projects and then the need to do some just utilizing and selling the forage we produce through animals. So uh, that's kind of what I do every day. Well, wonderful. I know you'll be a wealth of knowledge for us today. So diving right in, a new year is upon us. Spring calves will be hitting the ground before too long. It's a good time for cattle to start thinking about how they're going to market those calves. Talk through that a little bit, some things to consider. The first thing that generally comes to one's mind is is the price. And so here it is. Let's say it's... it's uh, maybe May, June, and we're looking at maybe October, November for selling our calves, and we wonder, well, what's the price going to be? And really, the the best source of of a future price is the, is the Chicago Mercantile Exchange and the feeder cattle futures. Uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of folks that Extension Service does a good job. Uh, Livestock Market Information Center, Robo Bank, Informa, several institutions do livestock analysis, and uh, and they do a very good job. But it's but it's based on history and and uh, what they're looking at data going forward and trying to forecast prices based on that analysis. If you really just go back about a you know a year. 11, 12 months from now, that we were looking at prices in 2020, the forecasted price by analysts thought, well, you know, 2020 is going to be a, a higher price year by some margin than 19. And, and uh, cow numbers were forecasted to be smaller, uh, calf crop be smaller. So it should support higher prices. Had a, had a big corn crop, lots of corn in inventory. And so things look pretty good for the cow-calf producer going forward as well as the stocker producer. However, the pandemic hit, and of course, you know, the prices that were forecasted 
we saw them fall by, you know, twenty, thirty dollars a hundredweight. And the only way that a cow calf producer could have received that dollar and fifty cents, we'll say, for a seven weight calf, uh, was to have had them hedged. Or there's a, there's another a way that you can lock in a price for the future, and and that is through the risk management agency's livestock risk protection. If you don't have a truckload lot and you're looking at trying, well, how can I assure a price? Then probably the best way is through the livestock risk protection insurance program because you can insure lots of one head all the way to 3,000 head. So compare that to the futures market, and it's a, the futures contract is a is a 50,000-pound contract. So you're either going to be kind of overhedged or underhedged, depending on how many cattle you have. But then if, you, if you're a larger producer and you do have truckload lots, and then, you know, you can merchandise those, those to, a, to a video auction for delivery in October, you can actually forward contract with buyers. They get maybe put down a, a small amount of down money to assure the, the transaction. And so those are a couple of physical ways that a producer could be able to, to lock in a, a, a price. That's great information. Talk to us a little bit about producers increasing the value of their calves. One of the ways that we've come to realize that can increase value of a home-raised calf in the marketplace or even with country buyers is to precondition your calves. And what that means is usually you separate them from the cows, you give them a, a series of vaccination shots and increase their immunity. Uh, you teach them how to eat and drink from a trough. And usually the market today likes for a, a preconditioned calf carrying that attribute to be weaned a minimum of 60 days. We used to think 45 was pretty customary. And, and there is still a lot of preconditioned sales that will require only a 45-day weaning. But for the most part, 60 days uh, seems to be more more attractive. And so, you know, there's other ways to to add attributes to create value. Uh, there's PVP, what's called process verified programs that a producer can enter into as well, like uh, age and source, which in more recent years, since we've kind of got past BSC, there's not as much value in that. And of course, you know, there's natural programs, organic programs. There's one called NHTC, which means non-hormone treated cattle which can go into the to the European market. And so th- those are all programs that has to be certified by third party who would be approved by USDA to certify and then randomly audit those programs to make sure that they are honest in what their claim for the certification would be. So, But I think for the most part, the easiest reach for most producers is to just wean their calves, precondition them, and uh, maybe market them in some venue that will recognize and pay 
are the attributes that the producer has created in the calves, hopefully to increase value of them. You know, if we if we precondition and we maybe we got a natural calf, never had antibiotics, no implants, and we just market it through the local sale barn without notification of what the what the cattle are, what they receive, what their history is, then they're going to sail right along with with the other cattle, and uh, no value, extra value achieved. So it's important that a producer puts those cattle in a venue, a marketing venue, uh, whereby they can can be able to attract premiums or additional value for the attributes they've created in the cattle. So that that makes perfect sense that there's not a one size fits all approach to marketing calves, but it's definitely important to sit down and take the time to think about what are the strengths that I can offer and am I getting the most out of what I'm offering with tight margins. I think now it's more important than ever to make sure that you are getting, getting the value out of your cattle. You're exactly right. <laughs> you know, it's uh, back in 2014 when everybody was making three or $400 a head, the little things uh, we weren't con- concerned so much about making a difference because the margins were much wider. But now in times with thinner margins, the little things we can do make more difference and hopefully will add to the bottom line for each other. It's interesting that a common theme we've heard throughout this year from multiple folks on TSDRE Talk is the importance of knowing your cattle and your operation, which comes through record keeping. The more you can know about your cattle, the better. For, you know, for a, say, a, either whether you retain ownership of your home raised calves into a stocker phase or whether you're purchasing those. If a person knows the genetic potential of those animals, it's hard for a stalker, purely stalker operator that buys purchased animals unless he, he or she buys them from the same source and, and knows the source of where the cattle come from. But if, if you know what the genetic potential is and what I mean, you know, how are they going to gain the feed yard? What's their feed conversion? How are they going to hang on a carcass? What percent choice or, or prime are they going to are they going to hang? And if you know those are differences that are real to a feed yard when they go to sell those animals, because they can know well, you know, usually, usually when there's little information, they sell them live. But if there's an idea that they can get a premium get more than market for their cattle because they grade better, then they will seek out a grid uh, that will pay them for those, again, for those attributes. And so as you get ready to, to sell your calves, or even it helps to know that information if you're going to make the decision about retaining ownership, if you know how those cattle are going to hang in the packing house, that gives you better information to make a marketing decision on. And and, uh, you know, marketing is a lot about, it's about knowledge. You know, it's, it's, it's knowing <laughs> more about your cattle gives you better information to be able to market those cattle. Definitely, definitely. Now, what are some of the key learning moments from 2020 that producers should consider when looking ahead? I think the biggest takeaway from 2020 and the pandemic 
is price risk management because that's that's what caught us all by surprise when we saw the prices declining and declining at a quite rapid rate you know there was not much we could do about it because kind of like you know the, the horse had already got out of the barn there's not much need to shut the door at that time and so once prices had declined 20 or 30 dollars and sometimes there was you know limit day down days and so it caused many of the people that I visit with daily, it, it caused them to think a little bit more about learning what tools are available to manage price risk. Again, the, the livestock risk protection is one. You know, there's there's options, puts and calls, and there's many, many strategies for that. And I know I had a lot, lot more calls after April or May of this year of trying to learn about selling a futures contract or buying a put or buying a put selling a call combination strategy learning about lrp price risk management has got the attention of a lot of producers and so i would encourage uh, people as a result of the 2020 and how sometimes we can completely miss and don't see a price disruption in the market that uh, you develop a a risk management plan and stay with it. And it's important, you know, to to educate ourselves as to what what those tools are and how to use them. It makes sense. It really does. One thing that you touched on that I think is so important is relationships. It's important to build relationships, to pick up the phone, call and ask questions, to learn more about something that could be beneficial to your operation. And to your point, Ms. Kristen, there, there, there's a lot of sources of good information. There's, you know, the extension service is, is great people that are very knowledgeable. You know, call Noble uh, Research Institute. We can, we can help. And so there, there's people around that, that are knowledgeable and uh, usually wanting to help when they can. And, and so to your point, you know, people just got, you got to reach out though and tap into those resources that we have. Dan, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and your insight with us. This is great information. And on the note of continuing to learn, calling, asking questions, if folks want to learn more about the Noble Research Institute, check them out online. And as always, to learn more about Texas and Southwestern cattle raisers, visit tscra.org.